listening to the Downtown Community Church Podcast. We are currently walking through 20 days of prayer and fasting together to start 2020. Along with this podcast, we are going through a journal as we pray for our community and read the Gospel of John together. You can grab a booklet on Sunday or find a digital copy at downtowncommunitychurch.com or on the DCC Tally app. We hope you enjoyed today's devotion. Well, hello and welcome to this short podcast. My name is Dylan Nylander and I get to serve at DCC as a college men discipleship director. I hope this finds you well wherever you may be tuning in from, wherever you are in your week. It's a huge joy to get to share in this time of fasting and praying corporately as a congregation through these 20 days. Uh, A part of this 20-day journey for us has been reading through the book of John. If you have not yet been following along and journaling with us already, it's not too late to download the PDF booklet on our site or on our app and to begin reading it through. However, as I was reading along early on, there was a verse that struck me in a way that I'd never noticed before. And that was in John 3. And so a little context on what's going on in John 3. Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus. He's one of the Jewish teachers. He comes to Jesus by night so he wouldn't get in trouble by any of the other teachers. And um, as Jesus is explaining uh, who he is and what must be done to achieve true life, here's what he says uh, in John 3, verses 14 through 15. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So, as I read Jesus talk about this illustration, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, just how Moses lifted up the serpent. I was like, okay, I kind of remember that, but not so much I understood the symbolism. So, to do so, we're going to look back in the book of Numbers to see what Jesus is alluding to. And so, Numbers is one of the first five books of the whole Bible. It's part of the Jewish Torah. It's a super underrated book of the Bible. I think it gets a bad rap because it has probably one of the most boring names of any book of the Bible, like Numbers. If I wanted to look at Numbers, I'd open up a calculus book or something. But don't be fooled. It's got some great, great stuff in it. So we're going to read Numbers 21, verses 4 through 9. And this is a time in the Israelite history where it's between leaving Egypt and entering into the Holy Land. And so Moses is leading the people as they wander around in the wilderness. Verse 4 of chapter 21 says, From Mount Hor they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water. And we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. And so this first thing that I notice when reading through this is in verse 5. The Israelites are already showing where their heart is. 
and it's not for the things of God. They say, for there is no food and no water. And then they remember that God has been providing manna and quail and has been providing food. So they say, there is no food, no water. Oh, and we loathe this worthless food. And so the people are already showing their focus to be away from God's provision. And so God providentially sent serpents, which seems harsh. But when we think about it, this was actually a gift from God to be sending these serpents to turn his people back to him. Because who knows what would have happened had they kept on the way that they were going when it came to thinking about their circumstances. They likely would have lost hope and turned away from God as that this sense of complaining would have set in. God saying, it's better for fiery snakes to come on you than apartheid from me, apartheid from God. And this reminds me of um, an awesome passage, Hebrews 12, 11, which says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I think, I think the Israelites can agree that for the moment, the discipline of snakes biting them seemed painful rather than pleasant. But there's much more going on here uh, when we look at the symbolism of Moses hoisting a bronze serpent on his staff for people to look at. And so a serpent is usually a picture for evil um, in the Old Testament. It's a, it's a picture of sin. And bronze is often used as a symbol for judgment. And these things are on a staff. And so when we put this picture together, what's happening as Moses raises up this staff, there is a serpent, this sin, being judged, bronze, on a tree, which is the staff. And so this is what's happening. There's sin being judged on a tree, and Moses is holding it up. And this is the crazy thing what Jesus is saying in John 3. He's saying, this is how the Son of Man must be lifted up. Sin must be judged on a tree. And 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he who knew no sin became sin for our sake, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus became the judgment for sin on the cross. And it is just striking that Moses came over a thousand years before Jesus. And with this parallel that Jesus said mirrored what he would do on the cross later. And I think the final piece of what's going on here with this allusion by Jesus to the book of Numbers is all they had to do, the Israelites who were bit by snakes, all they had to do was look at the snake on the staff and be healed. They didn't have to round up and kill every snake. They didn't have to create a potion to fix themselves. They just had to look at the sin being judged on the tree and they were healed. This also reminds me of an awesome uh, little verse, Isaiah 45, 22, which says, Turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. And so when we put all this together, you know, I don't, I don't want to take this lightly like, oh, all you have to do is look to Jesus. Just look to sin being judged. And that's it. Like, Yes, that is it. Following him is very easy to broadcast about, but much harder to actually do when we feel his discipline, when we feel these fiery snakes being sent on us. 
And a lot of us, to be honest, are stuck trying to kill snakes in our lives or to conjure up a medicine of our own when all we need to do is look at the picture of our sin being judged on a tree, the Son of Man lifted up that we may be healed. Friends, let us be vastly more preoccupied with looking to and following our Jesus than we are with avoiding the snakes in our lives. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for each and every one of us, um, for everyone who's, who's listening right now. Um, man, may we just do our utmost with all the gifts, all the grace that you've given us to follow you, God. Um, may we never outgrow looking to Jesus for our salvation and looking to Jesus um, to bring change in our lives. We're grateful for all you've done and all you continue to do and all you continue to teach us, God. We praise you and we worship your name above any other name. In Jesus' name, 